0: Welcome to Explore Purpose. My goal is to inspire you to live a life of meaning and purpose so that you can make a greater impact on the world around you. Hi, my name is Conrad Weaver. I'm your host and excited to be relaunching my podcast, formerly called the My Story Podcast. And now I've renamed and rebranded the show to be called the Explore Purpose Podcast. So whether you are a longtime listener or brand new to the channel, welcome. I also want to say Happy New Year. It's certainly been an interesting 2021 to say the least. And I'm really excited to get the new year going and explore what the new year will bring. Who knows? So I'm starting the Explore Purpose podcast with an interview I had a few weeks ago with my friend Whitney Hahn. In her bio, Whitney says that she loves asking the hard questions that solve bigger problems. As a resourceful coach and trainer, Whitney prepares growth stage B2B companies to think it better, say it better, and launch it better. She is a business coach, a trainer, and a consultant, and a very active member of our local community here. And she's a council member for the Leadership Frederick County, and she has a master's degree in business management and leadership. Plus, this is exciting to me especially, she's a certified story brand guide and a business made simple coach. And if you've spent any time listening to this podcast, you know I'm a fan of StoryBrand and what the folks over there in Nashville are doing. In her previous life, Whitney co-founded Digital Bard Video. She was a radio DJ and a TV show host and a ton of other things that you'll hear about. While she's focused on helping businesses succeed, our interview really focuses on her personal journey to exploring and discovering her life purpose. So without further ado, here's my interview with Whitney Hahn. Well, Whitney Hahn, welcome to the Explore Purpose podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It is my great pleasure to be here, Conrad. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah. So how are you?
1: Well, you know, 2020 was kind of a kick (laughs) in the pants. But really, other what than happened that, in 2020? Yeah, so, so many things. <laughs> um, oddly, and I, and I didn't think about this when we scheduled our call today. Um, today is the one year anniversary of my sister passing away from lymphoma. Oh, wow. So that was a big wow. part of my 2020 as well. And it um, kind of sets up, I think, a large part of the conversation we're about to get into.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, again, my deepest condolences to you and your family for that loss. I know that's got to really weigh on your mind in many different ways. So
1: it's getting a little bit better Um, every day. But yeah, yeah, I miss her every day. Sure.
0: Well, thank you again, so much for being willing to uh, be on the show and uh, talk about purpose. But I want to get into first of all, before we dive into what your purpose is and how you discovered it, we want to find out a little bit more about you. Who are you and what do you do? Well,
1: I'm a Capricorn and a Steelers football fan. Oh, no.
0: Well, the podcast is done. It's
1: been great talking to you. Bye-bye!
0: I'm a a Browns fan, so, you know.
1: I I don't even know why we're friends, Conrad.
0: I know, right?
1: I am, uh, by trade, I'm a communications expert. I've been telling stories since I was about 13 years old, uh, working as part of my family's business. I love to teach people how to do it better. Um, I love to work in the community as you do as well. You know, service is the rent we pay for living here. And so mm. I'm all about that. And I just I just love exploring the deep topics It's part of the reason that I was so grateful to get your invitation. Like, ooh, talking about purpose. Yay. Yes, that's, <laughs> I don't think we talk about that enough.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I'm diving into this thing is to to talk about it and to get other people to talk about it.
1: We so, all want to talk about, you know, what are you binging on Netflix? And everybody's very <laughs> comfortable with that. Yeah. But what's your purpose? What lights you up? What gets you to jump out of bed in the morning? Do you feel like you're moving towards that? Those are questions people are often uncomfortable with. And I'm right. I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe because many people don't have a what they what they feel is a good answer.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm so happy that you're very comfortable talking about it. So this will make our conversation really fun and entertaining, I believe. Uh, so... You've been in communication for a long time. You've been on television. You've produced television. You've done all these fantastic things in our community. What's been one of the things that you've done that really, you look back at your journey so far and say, wow, I don't believe I had the chance, the opportunity to do this. Or what's one of those things that like really is kind of the the creme de la creme of what you've done and, and your favorite thing you've done?
1: There are, I think, the typical answers that people will point to, like... I've met these celebrities. Um, Mm. When I was a radio DJ, for example, I had the chance to meet a lot of celebrities. I Mm. met uh, Melissa Etheridge, and I was backstage with Kenny Loggins, and I met uh, Chastity Bono, Sonny and Cher's daughter, Mm. when she was still Chastity and hadn't transitioned to Chaz. Mm. Um, I've been able to ride an elephant and ride a camel and uh, be around all sorts of amazing exotic animals because my parents own a zoo that's probably a topic for a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that's a, we could really run that, that trail right. down for a little while, but but that's given me some amazing opportunities, including being on Late Night with Conan O'Brien twice when I took no some kidding. animals to be on there. Yeah, he You is were the, on
0: Conan. I love his He's the shows.
1: tallest, palest man you've ever, I've ever met. He's like six <laughs> foot five and nearly translucent. I swear, I swear if it weren't for his stage makeup, you could see right through him. And so, so those are really amazing experiences. And I, and and I cherish all of them. At the same time, I love experiences like the chance to just have a random lunch date with my parents when mm. they call. My parents are almost 80. I feel very blessed to have both of them still in my life mm. and 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 still very good, you know, for for being mm. almost 80. They're in, they're in great shape. <laughs> and they're still running the business, the zoo that that I mentioned a moment ago. And so part of what I love, part of the scorecard that I'm building for my life includes Accepting spontaneous lunch dates from mom and dad because you mm-hmm. haven't overbooked yourself.
0: Yeah. And those you know, there's gonna come a time when you don't you don't have those opportunities, right? I do know that. Mm.
1: I do know that. Uh, and again the, the loss of my sister to cancer last year put a really sharp focus on things like that and mm-hmm. started me on the path of figuring out what's your scorecard, Whitney? Mm-hmm. And 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 that for me is I think think about the questions that you shared with me prior to the interview about purpose and what's your mission? What am I willing to stand on a soapbox and rail Mm. about for 30 minutes? It's building a better scorecard for our lives.
0: Hmm. Wow. You know, that's one thing that that reminds me of something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And in fact, I was with my dad on Sunday and we were having these deep conversations and and he and I often get into, he's kind of a would you say a, a conspiracy theorist? So I don't uh, adhere to all of his conspiracies that he theorizes about, but we did really connect on a lot of different things. And and one thing I've, I told him a long time ago, I said, one of these days, I'm going to call you up and I'm going to send you a plane ticket and we're going to meet for lunch in London. And then we're yes. going to fly home. Yes. And so I asked him on Sunday, I said, do you have a passport? And he goes, no, I don't. I was like, get a passport <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dad we can't have lunch in London if they won't let you into right. London get That's a passport right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So you reminded me of that and I'm going to really get on to him to get his passport so that we can uh, we can have that that I love lunch that. date yeah. Because it's
1: it's the time it's his it's his availability and yours it's the yes. time for each of you to do it it's the physical wherewithal to be able to make a trip like right. that and finally yeah. it's the financial aspects right. of being able to support that plane ticket and that lunch in London. It's all of those things. But I think so often people will focus on the financials. Hmm. I mean, in, in business, you run your hmm. business, I run my business. What's the ubiquitous greeting? Hey, Conrad, how's business? Yeah. Right. And what do you say? What's the typical response?
0: Oh man, it's, you know, it's a bad, it's COVID, right? And, and, you know, businesses down, just haven't had as much income this year.
1: Sure. It could yeah. be all about income, right. and if it's not about income, if you didn't just get out of a pandemic and had a squeeze, mm. then what's the typical response? Hey, how's business?
0: Hey, we're 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 killing it. Sure, we're we're, we're making money. We're you know I'm busy. I, I I'm so busy. I don't have time for anything.
1: Busy is the other one. So the top two things that we talk about are our finances and how busy we mm. are. Like this this celebration of busy. And I'll tell you what. Again, I keep going back to it. The last year because a huge eye opener. I've stopped celebrating busy. Like I can't, I just can't live that way. That is not my scorecard anymore. And I don't want to have those conversations. I don't want to celebrate busy. I want to celebrate spontaneous trips to London with your dad.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that that is really interesting because that ties into just a little aside here, ties into exactly what this new business opportunity that I'm working on. And it speaks exactly to what what you just said. So let me back up just a little bit. So in all of your business world and, and, and you recently had a, had a turn in your business, you renamed your company and you refocused your company. What motivates you to do what you do?
1: I had to forget a lot of what had been layered on top of me. Hmm. Like when you're busy, You must be being successful. Busy Mm -hmm. equals success. Busy Mm -hmm. equals, okay, you're you're doing it. You're killing it. The financials Mm -hmm. are strong. Whatever that is. I had to unlearn that. I had to unlearn, oh, if your agency isn't growing to be 50 people on Madison Avenue, then you're not a good agency owner. You're not Mm -hmm. thinking big enough. I had to unlearn a lot of other people's contrivances, which may work really well for them. Right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's out there building an amazing agency, leading a nonprofit, hopefully curing cancer, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of things that require huge expenditures, large workforces, and 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 lots of square footage. For me, I finally got a light bulb that said, that really isn't you. You're you're I was building towards something that wasn't really me because I felt like it was expected if you're not growing, you're dying. I mean, you mm-hmm. can think about all these business idioms that we buy into, which again, for some people may be absolutely appropriate. And if that is where your purpose lies, go for it, do it with integrity. God bless. Mm-hmm. For me, I had to unlearn that and say, well, wait a minute, when are you really your happiest? When, what is that thing that you can't not do? Have you ever had that question posed to mm-hmm. you before? Yeah. yeah. What's the thing that you can't not do? which I'm sure grammatically like some, my, my third grade <laughs> English teacher is just rolling in her grave right now. But that's the only way I know how to put it. And the thing that I can't not do is teach. Hmm. Not in a formal setting. I have no hmm. desire to, to to go be in a, in a typical school setting, but in every interaction that I have, casual interactions, business interactions with adults, with children, with dogs, I'm teaching hmm. because I feel like My purpose includes sharing something that helps make this other person's life better. Hmm. And I teach not because I think I have all the answers. Oh my gosh, I don't have all the answers. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I'm still learning. I I invest a lot of of time and money every year into continuing to build my professional skills, to continue to build my personal knowledge, to continue to to just expand what it is I know, because I love learning. But if I only learned for me and just hoarded it, Hmm. That that wouldn't feel right for me either. Hmm. So I want to know it just for the purpose of helping you. That is my, that is hmm. the way that I express love is through acts of service. Hmm. So I can what, be of more service if I know more stuff.
0: What was it in your life that led you to begin thinking about that and that led you to make that decision?
1: It's been a process. Um, it probably started in earnest about two and a half years ago. I had been doing... Uh, my previous company in focusing in video production for for almost fifteen years at that point, and fifteen years is kind of a long time to be doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Now there there were evolutions within the business. Of course, we started right before YouTube.com was registered mm-hmm. as a domain name. So just the impact of broadband and mm-hmm. cell phone technology and all of those things rapidly changed the video production industry. I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of that. Sure. So it wasn't a stagnant field but it was still all around this one hub. And I, I hit a point where I felt like I was at a certain saturation of expertise. I really didn't see a path forward for me that that was going to light me up every day and started started thinking about, well, what would you do if you weren't doing this? Mm-hmm. So I talked to a friend of mine who is uh, a recruiter. And so he has a great bird's eye view of a lot of different career thoughts and activities and how you decide upon things and and I was kind of complaining to him. He owns his business as well. And I said, Austin, I just I, I feel like I'm stuck. Like mm-hmm. my employees come in and they're here three years, five years, seven years, they're learning great things, they're producing great things. And then they leave and they go off to try something else, maybe with a different company or, or different field altogether. And that's fine. This is the natural ebb and flow of having employees. I don't begrudge them that. And we left on very good terms with all of them. I was happy to have been a teacher for a small portion of their career development, bless and release them off they go. So I see them come and go. And when they find out that maybe they don't like what they're doing here, they can give two weeks notice and go do something else. But as the agency owner, I can't. And he said, well, Whitney, it's because you are the captain of the ship. I'm like, yeah, I know that. He's like, yes, but what you don't realize is you're the captain of a pirate ship. (laughs) Your pirates are happy as long as the wind is warm, the rum kegs are full, (laughs) and the women are relatively pretty. (laughs) But as soon as the storms come, the rum is out, and and the dregs are there, they're (laughs) off on the next port,
0: looking for the but next you're still on the ship. Hmm. You
1: can't leave the ship. Hmm. You're the captain of a pirate ship that you can't leave. It's like, oh my gosh, I never really thought about it. He said, yeah, they're reaching for their knives the moment they are not happy, <laughs> but you can't do that. It was at that point that I really started thinking, okay, this isn't the path I see myself on. If I don't want to be the captain of a pirate ship, what do I want to do? How do I become something else? How do I get off this ship? And so that, that was probably the turning point in the serious consideration of, all right, how do, how do I transition this business or wind it down or something with integrity
0: mm-hmm. sure. and then
1: go find something else you want to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, that's a scary moment, isn't it? Or is it?
1: Um... I don't know that I describe it as scared, just uncharted for me Mm -hmm. because I'd been on that path for so long because so much of the societal expectation is you get this business, you grow this business and either you sell it off for a million bucks or whatever that number is, or it's a failure. You know, all the statistics about how many small businesses fail within the first five years and then how many fail after that. I always felt that was unfair. Like if you, if you do something for a period of time and then you decide you want to go do something else and so you close it, is that a quote unquote failure mm-hmm. or was that an amazing learning opportunity? And maybe you mm-hmm. did some good and you learned some things, but you just decided that wasn't your forever thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's out of a marriage or a tattoo. You really shouldn't have too many forever yeah. things, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I think you should be able to uh, reinvent yourself and, mm-hmm. and not just have that opportunity, but perhaps that responsibility to continue Mm -hmm. to reinvent yourself over time.
0: So my thoughts on being scared in a situation like that is you've had this stream of income that was coming, you know, I'm assuming regularly or semi-regularly I know in my business, it's kind of up and down, but you have this income that you have? You have clients, you have people that you serve, you, you are helping the, the community producing videos and marketing content, but now you don't have that guaranteed or that, that, necessarily that stream that you were used to yeah is that a scary thing
1: um no still not scary not mm-hmm. scary uh, I think I think the thing that I was scared of most or the thing that worried me the most worrisome maybe I'll agree to worrisome mm-hmm. I won't I won't agree to scary but okay. I will agree to worrisome <laughs> uh, probably the thing that worried me the most was that how do I how do I uh, close it down with integrity I didn't want to fire any employees that were still there and not be able to give them as soft a landing as possible. I didn't want to have clients who had been counting on me for several years in some cases to do annual work and so forth, not have someone else that was well-qualified that I could at least refer them to. You know, I wanted a a transition that made sense, that wasn't abrupt, like, you know, I remember this restaurant in, in our town here several years ago, the employees showed up for work and there was a sign on the door that said, we're closed oh, in forever. Like they hadn't, they didn't even have the decency to call, call their wait staff and say, that's Hey,
0: horrible.
1: yeah. And I thought that's what a jerk. So, yeah. so that's an extreme example, right, but I didn't want right. to come anywhere close to that sure. in, in the, in the roll down of, mm-hmm. of my initial business. And at the same time, I didn't want to disrupt the client base that I could transition into the new communications firm that, I'm, uh, that I've am that i just reopened, because a lot of them actually had been using me for that ser- those services. Mm-hmm. It was just under a different banner. It's like, okay, it's still me. We're still doing a lot of the same stuff. You just write the check out to somebody new now. It's mm-hmm. now written out to provoke better. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to do that in a way that made as much sense as possible. That's what I worried about. Did it make sense to other people like mm-hmm. it would make sense to me? I'll tell you that what I found is no one else is really as worried about this as I have
0: been. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, For, oh, Whitney's just doing something different.
1: Yeah, yeah, I- exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think I over processed it mm-hmm. way more than I needed to.
0: Hmm. So when you look at that as what you do, how does that relate to who you are? Tell me more. So you you do a thing, okay, and, and that thing may or may not bring income. So oftentimes, I think too many of us get wrapped up into I am this, I, I do this thing, and that's who I am. This this thing identifies me, yeah. identify myself as you know, for example, myself, you know, I'm a documentary filmmaker. That's I identify myself as that. That's who I am. Yep. So how is that different than who you are and, and what you do? Is that, is there a separation there or is that one of the same?
1: I think for a lot of people, there isn't. And right. again, I'll, I'll go back to the kind of tried and true conversations that so many of us have. What's the first thing you ask when you meet someone new? What do you do? Yes. Yeah. What do you do? Like the like the nine to five or whatever it is we have mm. is all that we are. Right. So when you ask me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, there was a reason I started with, I'm a Capricorn and a Steelers <laughs> fan. And, sure. and we laughed right. because that's not the answer people expect. Right. But that's also me. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm the person who can't not teach. I'm the person who can't not try to find something humorous. I, I will start many a conversation with, look, I'm just here for comic relief.
0: <laughs> and maybe and to your that'll be cra- my head. So. I do.
1: I try to, yeah. It's not always there, but but that is that is my intent. So for I I, I agree with you. A lot of people will inextricably link what they do for a living with mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. And for some people, that's right. And maybe for me now, it's right too, that, that when I say, hey, I'm, I'm a strategic communicator or I'm a message master or however else I might introduce myself in terms of my line of work, for people who know me out of work, that's what I do too. I mean, I'm the nerd who takes business books on vacation because I like reading them. I like learning about that stuff. And I'll go, to, I'll go to the local ballpark and I'll look at all the billboards out there in the outfield and I'll critique them. which ones can I read at this distance? Who's got a clear message? Who forgot to put their URL on there for their website address? Like I'm critiquing all this stuff. And my friends are like, "Um, did you want a hot dog or not? (laughs)
0: Because we're going.
1: That's what I can't not do. So in many ways, what I do and who I am are the same. And over time, I'm working to make that more true. Mm. without me having to say, oh, here's my business card. Read my title on the business card. That's mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. Because I think, honestly, every one of us who is being truthful to their purpose, to their strengths, to their unique skills, to that thing that only they can do that the world needs so much of, to everyone who is who is being that whole 100% person, um, we're, we're not going to need the label on the business card.
0: Mm. Yeah. We're just
1: going to be doing our thing.
0: Yeah. You know, that reminds me of a, a a business friend of mine that, uh, well, he's more than a business friend. He's just, he's a friend of mine. And when you get his business card, his name's on the front and his phone number's on the back. There you go. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's it. genius Right. (laughs) It's like, this is me and that's, that's how you can contact me. You know, it doesn't matter. doesn't, you know, you don't need to know my title or that doesn't matter. It, this is me. Yeah. And he's comfortable in that, in that place.
1: That's so, so simple. Yeah. I love that.
0: And it, and it it's, you know, like, like Donald Miller often says, you know, you got to simplify the message, right?
1: hmm
0: And so this is who I am. Sometimes, you know, I have a business card and it's kind of cluttered up with some stuff and I need to change it because it's been the same for now. I don't know. I'm, I'm way too long. So I guess I need to simplify that just to identify myself. And here's how you can, here's how you can communicate with me. Yeah. And I think once we can get to that point in our life, I know for me, I think it, it's, it makes the future so much more clear. It does. And do you, have you found that?
1: Yeah. I am finding that. It's a continuous journey for me. I don't think sure. I'll ever be done on that, but I am finding that to be true more and more. Yeah, absolutely. People so often talk about having work-life balance, mm-hmm. like they're two separate things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there's a work Conrad right, and a life Conrad.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, there's Conrad. There's one whole person who is Conrad who happens to go to work as part of his life. Mm -hmm. So again, I think our our terminology is wrong and our scorecard is wrong. Mm -hmm. We have to build a better scorecard. Our scorecards cannot be defined by what you bring home this year. How many vacation days did you have this year? Mm -hmm. Do you have good work-life balance or you just have a good life? Mm -hmm. Our scorecard for me, I mean, I'm... Look, I recognize that I am blessed to be born in this country, mm-hmm. in this time and age—not someplace else in some other time when I would be fighting just for basic, fem- you know, rights as mm-hmm. a woman or things like that. I am very fortunate that I don't worry about whether or not my mortgage is going to get paid this month because mm-hmm. I've got that steady. I don't—I have health care, I have a full pantry of food. There are more snacks in there than I probably should have, but mm-hmm. you know. I'm I'm fortunate that way, and I get that. So I don't take that for granted. But I realize that for me, when I keep focusing on that, then I'm limiting the rest of the good that I can do in the world, the rest Mm -hmm. of the service that I can pay for rent. Mm -hmm. So the scorecard for me includes spontaneous dates with mom and dad, which we've talked about. It includes volunteer time. It includes things like um, (laughs) this is going to sound so basic. Can I go on vacation and not take work with me? Hmm. I mean, really have it? No, 100% vacation. Yeah. I mean, I'll joke that, look, I'm really not that important. I don't, I, I, I'm not the person who needs to have my cell phone on all the time. And yet I have my cell phone on yeah, all the time all. Yeah. with our emails and our, the Twitter mm. and the this and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, I don't know, 18 different ways we can get messages from people now. So when I'm on vacation, it's like, no, 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 time out. I'm really not that important. I'm not the special surgeon who needs to be called into the emergency room right now to save someone's life. Like, I talk for a living, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Let me go to Maine and eat lobster with my friends and and not be the jerk with my face in the phone answering emails. That's part of my scorecard. Hmm.
0: Have you ever been someplace where cell reception didn't work? And when you were there, how did it feel?
1: I, man, I shouldn't even admit this, but sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I pick vacation spots based on no cell phone location. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have been known to delete the email accounts from Mm. my cell phone, Mm -hmm. like the apps, prior to leaving for vacation then on my desktop i change my passwords so i can't even easily sneak in (laughs) and check it like i have to trick myself to get out of this habit of of always checking the emails why Mm. is that because busy
0: do we think think success find our self-worth by oh i'm i gotta answer this email i gotta you know respond to this tweet i gotta you know post this Instagram thing. We find our self-worth in those things.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's another indicator of busy, Mm
0: -hmm. air
1: quotes again, and busy equals success. No, Mm -hmm. not not for me. Again, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I want to be less busy. Not because I'm lazy, but because I want more white space in my life to be able to just be in the flow and follow that thing until I'm finished with it, whether that's lunch dates with mom or donate my time or talk to the neighbor a little bit, because she's having a really hard day. Hmm. And that's what's important right now. You hmm. know?
0: So when your new gig gets, you know, when you get busy, <laughs> you have yeah. work, you have clients, and you're serving them, and you're making a difference in their lives, how will you keep that focus to stay unbusy?
1: It's a great question. I think I'll just call you like once a week and you will <laughs> you'll slap me around a little bit and say, "Whitney, really?"
0: <laughs> Please do. <laughs> you have my number. <laughs>
1: be my accountability buddy. Yeah.
0: You know, we um, need that. We need that accountability, right?
1: No joke. We do. Yeah. We do. Because so much of all the other messages are about busy equals success. Right. So the unbusy, the better scorecard is different. And I do have a few friends who help me with the unbusy, who help me with my different scorecard, who who will ask me not, hey, how's work? Or what hmm. projects are cool that you're working on? They'll say, when was the last time you had lunch with mom and dad? Hmm. How are your folks doing? How's, how's that old you know, 11 year old dog of yours doing okay. Good. What have you learned recently that you love? Cause then that's part of me too. I'm always learning something. So it is about setting up a few accountability partners who are talking the new language you want to talk mm-hmm. instead of the one that so often American business culture mm-hmm. tells us we should be talking. And it's about setting up new habits. Um, I don't fill my calendar every week on purpose. And again, it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I know when I'm overscheduled, I'm actually not producing as much value. Hmm. I met with a, uh, a coach again, this is a few years ago around the time that I talked with my friend, Austin, who told me the captain of a pirate ship analogy. Hmm. I talked with another friend of mine, um, who is a executive coach. And I said, so do, are you doing this full time? And he said, do you mean, am I doing this as much as I want to be doing this? Hmm. Am I working as many hours as I want to be working? And I was like, son of a, that is what I mean. (laughs) Because I think like me, he, he long ago, he he got that memo a few years ago Hmm. that working 40, 50, 60, 80 hour weeks is not when we're actually Hmm. being of best service. Our bodies in Behind the plow is not always where we need to be. Sometimes you just have to sit there and think. Don't just why do something. Think, sit there.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, why do you think we, as Americans, and I think it's a it, it's a global problem, but it's more pronounced in the U.S. Why do you think that we have this problem?
1: Um, you're you're going to have to ask someone smarter than me <laughs> about why that is. I really I don't I'm not sure. Maybe you know starts back with the Industrial Revolution mm. and. Mm-hmm the the glamour of success in air quotes whatever that means
0: mm-hmm. i'll have to reach out to uh, malcolm gladwell see if he can research oh, that
1: he'd be a good one to ask about that daniel yeah. pink is also really interesting <laughs> to uh, read about that
0: not that they're any smarter than you but they no, have they've, the they've to studied it stuff so yeah yeah
1: they've studied it more i think maybe we chase this because we have been willing to trade financial wealth for almost anything else.
0: Hmm.
1: When you don't have money, you have to get money. I mean, when you you seriously have none, when you're at the poverty level, that is what is required to have a safe home. That is required Hmm. to get medicine when you need it. That is required to have reliable transportation to get to a job to help you get a better life. Mm-hmm. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is mm-hmm. is valid, and I'm not disputing that. I've been fortunate enough to not be at that lowest sustenance level for a little while. Do I need to make Oprah Winfrey money to make a difference in my mm-hmm. community? I don't. She's making huge differences, and I love mm-hmm. what she's doing, but I don't need to do that to make a difference in my community. Yesterday, I, I uh, Uh, made a donation of items to the local hospice house because they have a wish list on Amazon. And they said, hey, here are a few things that we need. And I was like, yeah, I I have 10 minutes and 150 bucks. I'm going to go make a donation. Why? Because I could. Hmm. Earlier this year, I donated about $5,000 to a local theater group who has been dark for a year and a half because they can't do any Hmm. performances because of COVID. Hmm. Not to show off, but because I could. Why do we work so hard to get the money Mm -hmm. if we can't pour it into things, activities, experiences, communities, people that we value? Mm -hmm. That's why I do it. I have enough. Mm -hmm. I have enough.
0: And that's a great perspective because every one of us can make an impact where we are. Sometimes I... I think many people, like myself, we see things that ha- are happening around the world, like the tragedy in Louisiana and all the flooding and the the stuff that I mean, even stuff that happened over in Europe this past summer and in China and the fires in California. I'm like, I want to do something, but it's just me. I I, I you know I I want to make an impact. When we forget that there are people right in our own neighborhood, yeah who we can impact, who we can just, you know, Hey, give them a call. How are you doing? What, what do you need? Can I, is there something I can bring you? Yeah. And, you know, some of the, the greatest pleasures that we have had recently is our neighbor across the street. Uh, there is a first responder and they have a brand new baby and they have three little girls like all under the age of seven, I think or, or oh, it's, wow. it's, they're just, they have their hands full and it's just brings us a lot of joy to my wife, bakes some cookies and takes them over there and they just love it. And it just gives them a little smile, you know, for the day to, to enjoy these chocolate chip cookies. And and we just, you know, we have these conversations with them to say, Hey, what, what do you need? What, how can we help you? And it brings us, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's literally just, just being us. Sure. But the joy that it brings myself and my wife is—I mean, you can't buy that kind of joy.
1: Yeah, and it's cookies.
0: And it's cookies, right?
1: But more than cookies, I think it's the it's the thought and the time and the care that you're showing by taking those cookies over to them. Yeah. Last year, again, I go back to a year. My, my sister was living with me for about the last 100 days of her life because I was working from home. I had time. Mm-hmm. Hit the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was close to her medical care and it was easy for me to, to take her when she needs to. And in the last month or so of my sister's life, it was, it was hard. Hmm. My friends and my sister's friends rallied around us. They would Hmm. drop off food. They would make sure that, uh, that we had, um, extra drivers for something if, if she needed it. I, I had, I had friends who came over and mowed my yard for me. Because I just didn't have the time and the energy to do it. And they brought all their own tools and they mowed it. And like, I didn't even realize that they had done it until I got home and it was done. Hmm. Those are the type of people that you want to have around you. Hmm. Those are the type of people that I want to be Hmm. for others. And then it sounds like you and your wife are doing that. It's just, yeah, you don't, if you can reach around the world like Oprah does, reach around the world. Sure. Sure. There's a lot of need. Yeah. But just reaching next door or across the street is every bit as valuable. Hmm. Talk to the person in line at the grocery store and say, hey, those are really cute shoes. Because I know, Conrad, you're noticing people's shoes all the time. All the time. It's just,
0: it's <laughs> on my bucket. It's, it's <laughs> my thing. It's, it's a Conrad thing. <laughs> yeah, those are cute
1: shoes. What what pretty eyes you have. Your glasses are great. Hey, tell me about, you know, how was school today? You say to the kid, whatever. Hmm we just were missing so much connection.
0: Yeah, and I think this past year has really shed light on that just because, you know, we've been so disconnected. And now when we're able to get back together again, it it it's you know, we miss those interactions and those relationships that uh, we've not had for so long. And I think that's important to to have those kind of that, that kind of mentality. Even this morning I, you know, got up early to go to the grocery store to get some milk. And the clerk, you know, was like, hey, how are you doing? You know, just that simple little thing was like, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? And just had this short little exchange. But it was just, she. I mean, it was early and she's probably just as sleepy as I was, you know, (laughs) and it's like, she didn't have to have that kind of cheerful, how are you doing thing, you know, but just that little interaction just, you know, made a difference in my day.
1: And we can choose that. We, We can choose to do that with every interaction.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: You can choose to bring the, the light and the lift to every interaction. That's on my scorecard.
0: Hmm. If
1: you were to see so, it, it's bring the light and the lift to every conversation.
0: Wow. So what are the principles that drive you? And where do those come from?
1: Haven't we been talking about that for like a half an hour? Dude, th- take some notes.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, is that what I'm supposed to do here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm new at this podcast thing, you know. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Oh, so. <laughs>
1: please. What are the principles? I mean, what that, are the, that what, drive are the me?
0: what are the, 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 those things that maybe things that you've learned in your life from the past? Maybe it's, I know, you know, in, in my life experience, you know, my dad taught me hard work, you know, always work hard, always show up on time, uh, you know, give it all, give it your best and i think those things have have been some of the principles that have you know led me to where i'm at today what are some of those principles that have led you to where you are
1: all all the ones you just mentioned and 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 others i'm not sure that i have anything new to bring to the conversation mm-hmm. i think we've all absorbed some things that maybe we had modeled by great parents great mentors great uh, former bosses, sometimes former employees in our, in our worlds. Um, all of those things are the same. I think at its core, it's just, um, and again, I've been really, really trying to focus on this for the last few years. Um, it's just being the you that this world so desperately needs. And we all have an us that is only us that this world so desperately needs. I think, I think Oscar Wilder said it best. You might as well be yourself. Everyone else is already Mm. taken. Mm. So being your intentional best self at every possible opportunity is what drives me. Now, that said, sometimes my best self is prickly. Mm. Sometimes my best self is depressed. Sometimes my best self is short-tempered. I try to limit those. You know, I I try not to dwell in that place and not be that person all the time. But the honest thing is, the truth is that I am not the happiest, smiliest person 100% of the time. That's not authentic to me. So when I am prickly or depressed or short-tempered, it usually means something's up, you know, and I need to take some time away. I need to go walk the dog or sweat it out on the elliptical or get back in touch with my two friends, Ben and Jerry, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, right? You do you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to give the impression that it's always, yay, you just, you just think awesome thoughts and you'll be awesome all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's realistic either. I think that's a, that's a terrible standard to try to set. But what I try for is light and lift in every
0: conversation. Mm -hmm. I like that. So a question that I've asked many of my podcast guests, and as you know, you and I are both filmmakers in a way. And when you're working on a film, you often write a log line. So when the movie about your life is made, what will the log line be?
1: I was just here for comic relief.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh <laughs> good <laughs> it works <laughs> it works <laughs> that so, wouldn't uh, be a
1: bad one honestly that wouldn't know that wouldn't,
0: that wouldn't, that would if not that's what people
1: one. remembered about me that i could because i think that's i think laughter is the evidence of light and lift
0: hmm.
1: so if that's the way that i'm remembered that's pretty good
0: yeah i like it i really like it so what's the future look like for you
1: the future continues to be one of recalibration. And that will never end. It will never end. I'm really excited about the next chapter of my business. I'm excited about the next chapter of my life. You know, I have, I have, I hope, a lot of living to do. You know, here, middle age, ooh. Yeah, um, a scary I turned, word. Yeah. <laughs> I turned 52 this year. So, yeah. No, I'm, you're
0: just, you're young. You're thank young. you. Thank you, sir. <laughs>
1: um, but definitely in the middle of, of age. And you, you do get a different perspective on mm-hmm. purpose, I think, and life. Mm-hmm. When statistically speaking, you're pretty sure that there's more life behind you mm-hmm. than is still in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that causes you to look at some things. Mm-hmm. Somebody close to you passing away. My sister was... Mm-hmm. 55 causes you to look at things and to read her obituary. Look up Kelly Hahn Johnson. That girl Mm -hmm. traveled. Mm -hmm. She was an adventurer. She was a servant. She was a photojournalist. She was always light in the room. Even the nurses at the hospital at Johns Hopkins during her final days told us how much they enjoyed visiting with her. Mm -hmm. That's who that's who I want to be more of.
0: Wow. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for uh the life you are are leading and the life you are living and the difference you're making in the world and in bringing joy, light and lift to the world. I know you've done that for me. It's just always a pleasure to talk to you and to hang around and and to hear your your laughter <laughs> and to uh to hear your uh your jokes and you're fun, so uh, I appreciate that very much.
1: Thank you, Conrad. I, I think having more of these conversations is important. helps normalize it, helps people stop thinking about just the the bottom line yeah. and think about what their their log line is instead. Stop thinking yeah. about the bottom line and think about the log line. There yeah. you go. You I can like use that. that. I
0: like that. <laughs> so one more one more thing I have didn't put this on the list of questions, but it's kind of popped in my mind. Mm-hmm. So what's something practical that someone can do? if they're kind of stuck in this thing, you know, this is who I, I you know, this is what I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a plumber and uh, I, I plumb. Uh, <laughs> what can they do? I'm a plumber what? and I plumb. <laughs> yeah.
1: Seems, it sounds like we're starting a sea shanty, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> so what's, what's a practical tip or a word of advice that someone can do when they're really wanting to change their focus of their purpose? something practical that someone can do?
1: If you are looking to recapture your purpose, I'm not even sure it's about changing your purpose, but rather maybe remembering your purpose, hmm. that thing that you can't not do. I think it could be helpful to ask other people, what's the thing you always see me do? What's the, and I don't mean the task, but rather the habit. How, how do I make decisions? How do you see me lean into or step away from certain situations? If you were to describe me to someone else, how would you describe me? We can't see ourselves the way that other people see us, but we can ask how they see us. And through that, I think that you can maybe find some patterns. Your purpose doesn't necessarily have to be tied to your vocation either. It's great when it is, but I think that's another aspect that trips so many people up. Well, I can't be blank because that requires 16 more years of university and I just don't have it in me. So that can't possibly be my purpose. Well, now, wait a minute. Maybe there's an aspect of it that you can contribute to. Can you volunteer with an organization that does that? Can you bring more of that type of habit or behavior or knowledge or skill set into what you do every day in a different way? But asking other people to reflect on you in super candid ways can give you an opportunity to find those patterns and say, wow, I never really thought about that. Because to me, it's just natural. Like Hmm. in my own discovery of, hey, I'm I'm a strategic communications expert. That's the fancy title. Hmm. But the like fifth grade explanation is I help people communicate in ways that make sense, in ways that fit a particular goal or objective. And I teach them how to do that. As, as my uh, business slogan says, to think it better, say it better, and launch it better. That's the thing I can't not do. And it actually took a whole lot of hard work to boil it down to just mm. that simple thing. Because I was overcomplicating it. Because I was seeing that the thing that is natural and quote unquote easy to me is not natural and easy to everyone. So I was undervaluing it. I was like, oh, well, that, that can't be it because that's mm. too easy. Like mm. purpose has to be hard one. <laughs> Maybe the purpose is the thing that's easy for you when you're in the flow.
0: Wow. That's great advice. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm going to find some people and uh, ask them about me
1: i think you'll find it illuminating
0: i'm sure i will I, i might yeah it'll it'll bring some clarity uh as i'm even in my journey exploring my purpose and exploring you know what the future holds for me so speaking of the future what's the next big thing for you
1: Oh, the next big thing for me actually is about a, a, a vacation in Maine in about five days. <laughs>
0: oh, awesome. Nice. Where are you going in Maine?
1: I'm going to Bar Harbor and Acadia National Park. Beautiful. So I'm going to eat some lobster and maybe find some whales and hike yeah. a few nature trails.
0: I love Maine. It's one of my favorite places to go.
1: I've never been. So this will be You've a new adventure been. for me. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure... Um, there's some amazing places along the coast. I've never been to uh, Acadia. Uh I've been to Bar Harbor. I've been there's another village south of there between Portland and Bar Harbor. I forget the name of it, but it it's a fishing village like many are, most are. But yeah, it's yeah, and the lobster, you can't get any fresher than what it is there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm um,
1: really looking forward to it. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So that's the short term thing and I'm not taking my work computer.
0: That's good. I I will ask you when you come back. You can do that. You can do that. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Whitney, and to have you on the Explore Purpose podcast. Thank you very much for your insight into this. And thank you for your journey, for sharing your journey. I think that's, uh, I know you've been through some difficult times this past year, and I really appreciate you kind of sharing that in your journey with us, with our audience.
1: All part of, all just part of the, the, the adventure.
0: And with that, we'll leave it there. Hey, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear what you thought about the show and I'd love to hear how you are living out your purpose. And be sure to follow us on all the socials. Check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, go out and make an impact by living life with purpose and meaning. And I'll talk to you again next time on the Explore Purpose podcast.